Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, when she's <laughs> gonna pop eight, and you're gonna pop her out, man. So we're going. <laughs> we moved into the balls D portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't buy in the box. Like, like Mex- Mexican America. food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so welcome home, everybody, it's to Leaving a Legacy. Uh, this is Adrian, I'm Anthony the Trickster, and joined by two very fine gentlemen this lovely evening. Uh, w- how you doing, Jerry? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. And Patrick. What's up, gentlemen? How you doing? I'm doing great. Besides a bad case of poison ivy, I'm doing pretty great. It gives gives you uh, your manliness card, you know. And oh, like, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Poison yeah. ivy, it adds it adds hair to your chest. Kids, so, kids pointing at me in the market, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on a side, I guess. I, when I, man, I remember the story when I was a kid. My 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 stepbrother um, must have scratched himself in the woods peeing and had poison ivy in all the wrong places. Mm. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I, I like I had it on legs, but not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, sorry to hear about the poison ivy. Ah, you know what are you gonna do? Scratch. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually my my aunt took care of me when I had. Oh no, that was chicken pox. Never mind. <laughs> so what else? So wh- how, wh- what's going on with you guys in Magic lately? Well, I drafted a terrible Modern Masters deck that I am piloting into a steaming pile of shit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Out of curiosity, MTGO, I imagine, then, right? Yes. <laughs> how, 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 how much is a draft on MTGO? Uh, so, you can get, I mean, if you wanted to just pay for it outright, uh, it's, uh, I think it's, it's either 30 or $40. Um, but you can buy the packs of Modern Masters uh, for about six bucks uh, from vendors. Each? Yeah, six bucks a piece, which is better than the twelve bucks a piece in real life they're going for. Yeah, except it's a digital object. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hey, I opened a Mox Opal. That's the one redeeming factor. Okay. <laughs> um, so you can draft, and it's four dollars entry. So you can draft Modern Masters for about twenty-two bucks. Um, I've made my money back just in what I've opened. I've done it twice. I've gotten, like, Karn, uh, Mox Opal, Fulminator Mage. Like, nothing crazy, but I've still been able to make my money back. Yeah, okay. definitely at 20 bucks, like, there's more of a chance of that happening versus, like, 30 35 Yeah, true, but also keep in mind the Magic Online uh, economy is a lot cheaper than the paper economy. Yeah, of course, yeah. Like, I got my Caracases for $3 a piece. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit of a discount. Yeah. Whereas other things are stupid expensive, like Days is a $40 card for no reason. Uh, But yeah, other than that, this this draft will be ending quite soon with me in tears. (laughs) How about you guys? (laughs) Um, Oh, well, I I did just pick up three Tarmogoyfs. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, I'm, I'm, I am. It looks like I'm edging my way back to like Shardless Bug or something. Yeah. Every time you talk about it, every time you talk about it, you seem real excited. So. Oh, you know what? And fucking, let me real quick here. I believe. Oh, jeez, I can't even get into Facebook. But if I remember right, 
So Dave Singleton started playing Shardless Bug with his two boys. I'll share that story real quick anyway. But Oh, that was cool, yeah. Yeah, because um, like, as far as I remember, he's been playing Miracles for quite some time. And, uh, uh, yeah, Dave Singleton. So I'm going to share this anyway because it sounded cool. So, okay, guys, got a story I thought you'd appreciate about a tight-knit legacy community. So I play in a small college town where it's always the same dudes. We're friends out. <laughs> We're friends outside uh, of the card shop too. After I graduated, I moved to another town about 45 miles away, but still won't go to any other shop. Anyway, like I said in my last post, my kids are out of school now, and we were stoked to drive over for Legacy. Well, we pull up in front. Basically, if he got his cards back at the house, and uh, these guys loaned him a couple of decks, and. But he's been playing Shardless Bug. And, um... Damn, that wasn't even the right fucking post. Oh. Well, well, well it's officially summer and my boys are playing Legacy on Tuesdays with me again. School hours are a serious drag. I'm playing Shardless Bug and they're playing Burn and Death and Taxes, Splashing Black. Um, I've never played Shardless, so I'm hoping to figure it out fast. So, uh, I just wanted to mention that because I love that deck. I just think it's awesome, too, like, from a guy who has like, young kids, like... One of the things I really look forward to is teaching my sons the game and hope, hoping that they take to it and that they have an interest in it because I think that would just be so baller, like, to just be out with your kids playing magic, like, you know, having fun, and that just, that's like the ultimate for me, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, I, I was, I, I liked, I liked being able to draft with my son, listen to limited resources and all that shit. It was kind yeah. of cool. He's, he's not, he's not into it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Yeah, I mean, he went through Dare in school, and all of a sudden he's like, "Nah, I don't, I don't really like this magic thing anymore." It reminds me of those <laughs> crocodile those, vi- those videos that we watch in school. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, uh, pretty pretty rainy Monday we got going on. So I mean, what better way than to spend it inside and talk about cardboard? Absolutely. Well, actually, speaking of cardboard, I got um my my last two copies of Force of Will came in today. Oh and, yeah, uh, and my copies of Days came in. So now, now my Blu-ray Delver is totally built. I just have a couple of volcanics to pick up, but I played it on Sunday with uh, running a few um, steam vents, and that worked out just fine. So yeah, it was a uh, was sweet. Yeah, I thought I thought the steam vents didn't really. I mean, I didn't watch all your games, but I didn't think they look, were looked like they were holding you back at all. No, in all honesty, there wasn't in any games where there was like a serious damage race. I would think that. If I did get paired up against Burn, um, I'd have to be a little bit, you know, be a little more cautious about what would happen. But I, th- I think that against Burn, I probably am favored, even running Steam Vents. Um, if I let them enter tapped, if, as long as I hold up a few counter spells like Days, and I hold up Force of Will um, to just stop them, stop their early attacks and stop their early Burn spells, um, I can certainly out card advantage them in the mid game. And I think my finishing game is just much better than Burn, so I, th- I think my matchup with them is better. Um, but this being my first time playing Delver, uh, there was definitely, if, you know, I definitely played pretty loose. There was a few times where um, I missed uh, the Delver trigger at the beginning of upkeep, uh, where I yeah. just drew, drew a card and had it in my hand, and I just thought, well, I was like, damn it. Like, um, it yeah. actually almost cost me, cost me a game against Infect. It was real close to costing me a game, so. Mm, that, it's a tough lesson to learn, but honestly, the best way to learn that lesson is to have it cost you games. Yeah. <laughs> like, once you lose a tournament because you miss a Delver trigger, you'll never make that mistake again. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have any, any tips from, like, for triggers? Because Sermon's uh, Legacy has a lot more than, than Standard does. 
I would definitely say tokens. Um, yep. So in I have like a bag that I keep like my dice in it, and I also keep in there like some random uh, like foreign coins I've picked up over the years, and like, there's yep. like a little like almost like little monopoly pieces, like so, like little silver brass like figurines that I just use mm-hmm. whenever I have like a dark confidant or a delver or something that I need to trigger on my upkeep. I'll just take one of them and I'll put them on top of my deck because okay. then when you go for your draw step you need to take the token off your deck in order to draw the card, and it's like, why is this here? Oh, yeah, I need to remember to do this. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Adrian doesn't play with triggers. He just blows past them. <laughs> doesn't play with what? <laughs> triggers. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> you know, that's actually one of the reasons I don't play Delver. Yeah. There's just nothing like playing a 1-1 one, one for 1 in blue that does nothing because you're an idiot. yes i'm an idiot yes oh my god no it's even better when you brainstorm to set up the delver flip and then forget to flip it (laughs) yes yes i did that too (laughs) no it was good though like um definitely the one that came the closest to cost me a game was the last round i had i was in game three against infect and um i had uh i had force willed his first his first infect guy that he tried to drop and he was short on land, so we kind of went through the game, and I had two Delvers up for a while, and I just kept drawing land, 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 finally brainstormed into an instant, left it on top of the deck, and then fucking drew it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so it came real close. I, I ended up, I ended up killing him, but, uh, uh, had, uh, had I, you know, flipped those Delvers earlier, I probably would have shaved off, like, half a turn to a full turn, and it could have, you know, it, it came down to, like, I had just enough counterspell in my hand, to beat his to beat his infect guy and then him pumping him with uh, uh I'm trying to think what it was berserk he had berserk and he had another one too um the one that you delve away it's double green and delve for five oh uh become immense yeah become immense yeah so so he he had become immense and I think I had I had enough to bounce to to to, to counterspell I think the become immense was fine and I counterspelled the berserk. Um, yeah, the Berserk's generally what kills you. Yeah, exactly, yeah, which I had no idea what that card was. I had to read it the first game. Um, <laughs> it's a sweet card, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's very sweet. It's very powerful. Um, it, yeah, it was it was a cool game. Um, that's the first time I played against Infect. Probably the last, too. Yeah, it's a fun deck to play against, though. Like, it just it, it attacks you from a different angle, and so I'm racing him from 20, and mm-hmm. he's racing me from 10, you know? So it's, yeah, uh, and I actually... I, I, in between rounds, I was outside ta- talking with somebody who was playing Elves who recently took Malira out of the sideboard uh, because nobody plays Infect and f- ended up facing Infect. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. It's not that uncommon. I know a lot of people like Infect a lot. Well, yeah, it's just how often do you see it where you play? Because, you know, like, we, I mean, we, yeah, we're, we're lucky we get, uh, on average, uh, I don't know, 25 to 30 people. You know, I, I don't see Infect all that often. Yeah. Yeah. T was T had a good turnout this Sunday. I was really impressed with how many people there were there for Legacy. Yeah, that's a pretty fair size turnout. I think we had what was it, twenty seven people show up? Yep. Yeah, yeah twenty seven. Yeah, and it wasn't even there was still regulars who weren't there that week. Yeah. yeah. Actually early shout out to uh Josh Cicio, uh came back. Uh he's been at uh boot camp for the last, you know, three months or so, so this was his uh first uh time back in a long time. So yeah, there's a double then. Uh welcome back, Josh, and thank you for your service. 
Yes, yeah, exactly. There we go. I was fortunate enough to play him in the very first round of the tournament and uh, promptly lost to him. So, <laughs> as, as to be expected. Nice, nice to <laughs> welcome back for him. <laughs> um, yeah, he was he was giving me shit, but I did beat him on a multi five. So take that. <laughs> and then he beat me all the other two times. Uh, yeah, I was kind of using this weekend as the experimenting. Oh, Talk. shit, yeah, I saw what he did to you, too. He went, like, fucking, uh, Young yep. Pyromancer, Cabal Therapy, Sakatoken, Cabal Therapy, Cabal Therapy, Sakatoken, Cabal Therapy. He, like, ripped you apart. Quadruple therapied me in one turn. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was, it was intense. Yep, so that, that kind of put the nail in that coffin. I mean, he was playing Grixis Delver, which is a very tough matchup for the, uh, Sneak and Show deck because it runs counterspells, discard, and a clock. Mm-hmm. So it just strips your hand, is beating you down, and then it prevents you from top decking because it just counters anything you top deck. How would you say, how would you say that compares with Bug Delver? Because they do the same game. They just don't use Young Pyromancer. Um, Bug Delver is a little easier because their clock's slower instead of uh, okay because it's not so many tokens swarming. It's one goif. Yeah, it's one goif, and it's also it's like there are times against Grixis Delver where they have enough Young Pyromancer tokens where you swing in with Emrakul, they survive the Emrakul's hit, <laughs> yep. and then sack enough either tokens or lands that they can then kill you on the backswing. I get it. Yeah, like, I've yeah. lost. I've lost with an Emrakul in play, having attacked them with Annihilator, and they're on like three life, and then they crack back and kill me. Now I noticed it was either game two or game three. You had double. You had young pyromancer in hand and brainstormed and saw two more young pyromancers. Would you play that again in that deck? It was yeah. So the I I cut the young pyromancers, but it was a really interesting choice whether I go for the uh, combo kill or I just try and beat him at his own game with uh, more young pyromancers than he he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was also the same game where he did quadruple cabal therapy. So, so didn't yeah. matter what choice was. <laughs> right, right. So, so what's, your, what's your indecision on the Young Pyromancers for Sneak and Show? Uh, the Young Pyromancers are just a little too slow. You're not casting as many spells as I thought you would. And they're also just kind of expensive. You want to be able to um, cast Young Pyromancer and also cast another spell in the same turn so you can take immediate advantage. So even if they kill it, you still at least get a token. But all your other spells are either reactive or too expensive. Mm-hmm. So, so here's another question I wanted to ask you, Jerry, because, um, oh, what the hell is that fucking thing? Ingature. Would you play Ingature? What is Ingature? It's, it's a, like, three colorless and a red creature that's got Convoke, so you can pay one red to cast it and sack it right after you do, and it has, um, destroy target artifact. Would you play Ingature to get rid of Ensnaring Bridge? Because you Wait. had, you had, oh uh, no, or even, for example. Wait, hold on, it has, it has Convoke and you sack it after you play it? Or? Is it, um, is it Convoke or Evoke? Ah, oh, jeez. Oh, Evoke. Yeah, Convoke is when you tap other creatures to cast it. Ingature gets play in Vintage, but it's like a one red fucking creature based, um, destroy target artifact spell, really. Um, I feel you have better options. <clears throat> so in Snaring Bridge, you really like having the Ashen Rider and the Wipe Away. Okay, but well, this is this is this is my point because you had a really, oh my god, you had such a fucking handle when you were playing against Kyle. Like Kyle had you locked out with a needle on your sneak attack. And yeah, you had Emrakul, Grizzlebrand, and Ashen Rider in hand, and you couldn't get yep. rid of that. Because I, w- I was wondering what you were waiting for. You almost hard cast Emrakul. 
<laughs> I did. I I was so upset. Yeah, shout out to Kyle. We're just doing so many early shout outs. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle was playing Reanimator and I was playing Sneak Attack and I had a Graft Digger's cage out and he had a Pything Needle on Sneak Attack. Oh, I didn't yeah, even notice you had a cage. Yeah, that's why he couldn't do anything. So we were just staring at each other. It, it, the game went to <laughs> who's time. Ca- who's casting a show and tell? Yeah. Who's it, casting a show and tell? Yeah, exactly. It was Reanimator versus, Reanimator versus Sneak and Show and it went to time because we just <laughs> kept locking each other out and I was uh, one turn away from hard casting Emmercool and he yeah, abruptly you were just missing a black mana right I was missing yeah, I was missing I had a soul land on top because I brainstormed so all I needed to do was draw the soul land and I would have cast Emmercool but he drew the abrupt decay abrupt decay by needle and killed me before I could uh, get it out oh abrupt decay the cage yeah he abrupt decayed the cage Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Ingachu is four colorless, one red, uh, creature elemental, three, three. Yes, mm-hmm. evoke for one red. You may play the spell for its evoke cost if you do a sacrifice when it comes into play. And then when it, Ingachu comes into play, destroy target artifact. So for one red, you can get rid of a needle or whatever ensnaring bridge, whatever artifact is actually holding you out. Yeah, um, it's just so tough because the permanent base tape that you care about are so diverse. You care about Caracas, so you mm-hmm. care about lands. Mm-hmm. You care about uh, Containment Priest, so you care about creatures. And you care about uh, cards like Pything Needle and Ensnaring Bridge, so you care about uh, artifacts. Yeah, no, my, my, my thought is just that Ingature would be a better upgrade than Young Pyromancer. Oh, I've already cut the Young Pyromancers for another Blood Moon to, that helps with Caracas and a uh, another Pything Needle uh, as just an answer to Miracles. Okay. Hmm. Um, I, I definitely like where your head's at. It's just when I choose my sideboard cards, um, I like to go broad. Like I like them to be able to hit a lot of different targets. Like there's not there's not a lot. Of, so you're saying there's not a lot of artifacts that you're worried about in general. Right. It's and even like a Python needle isn't the biggest deal because I can just draw the show and tell, or I can yep. draw one of the many outs. Right. Right. Yep. yep. It's just the ensnaring bridge that also makes it pretty. Difficult, right? But you have Ashen Rider for that, right? So, yeah, exactly. The Ashen Rider was there. I actually, I we, me and Pat ended up playing, and I managed to dodge the first ensnaring bridge, but he landed the second ensnaring bridge, and I didn't have any more answers in my deck for it. Yeah, that was that was pretty that was a pretty rough game. I felt like I felt like you lost just strictly on variance and nothing to do with how I was playing. <laughs> you uh you you sell yourself short there, Pat. <laughs> I did I did give you like I think I, nobody I, don't, I don't know if there's anybody that likes to hear. I'm sorry you lost, but I am really bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, how did you lose to me? <laughs> I mean, I did, I, did, I, think, I think the last turn I I attacked with a, a flipped Delver, a young pyromancer, and a token, and then and then I had a. Uh, um, lightning bolt, and then I just kind of like shrugged both my hands up, and I was like, "I win, I guess." Like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I ended up going three two at TE, so that was that wasn't bad. I I definitely punted against Merfolk. Um, my first round was against Miracles, and that's just a rough matchup for me. But I definitely punted against Merfolk because I didn't realize Cavernous Souls made his Merfolk uncounterable. Yeah, it's and, crazy. Uh, I so did the I was, same. Yeah, I, I was I wasted a force of will on a, on a merfolk. It was just it was just a rough like a learning curve for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, it's okay. But... I did the same thing against goblins. He cast Cranko. I'm like, oh, I can't let a Cranko resolve. <laughs> I have Cavern of Souls in play. I'm like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> so what? What exactly happens? Like at like, I'm at competitive REL when you have like a an invalid target. Does that go? Does a card go back to your hand, or does it fizzle into your graveyard? Always, if, always, always call the judge. If it yeah. was invalid, it would go back to your hand, but it's not invalid. It just doesn't do anything. So if you actually tried to force a will, Emrakul, he can't be counted. Right. But the force of will still cast. Yeah, it's but a legal, it's a legal target. Yeah. It just doesn't do anything. I see. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's so it's resolved. It's so like so if I tried to. So if I tried to say cast a chain lightning during combat to pump my monastery swift spear, that goes back to my hand versus going to my graveyard. Right, because you can't cast chain lightning at that time. Right. It's Which I same. did try. I did try. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You did try that, and I stopped. I did try that. Yeah. yeah. You dirty, dirty cheater. I'm such a cheater. I'm such a cheater. <laughs> yeah, it's just learning curves. Yeah. Um, it's definitely yeah. like. I felt like the first, I felt bad, like the first couple rounds I was, I felt very uptight because I'm trying to, um, learn this deck and, and understand the triggers and understand, you know, having ability to, to brainstorm and, and ponder and do all these kind of cool things. All this deck manipulation, um, leaves you with a lot of decision trees. And I feel like I was spending a lot of time trying to figure, figure out what the hell I should have done versus like being kind of more casual and cordial with my opponent. So I was just very, I wasn't a jerk, but I was just very quiet. I kind of feel bad about that. You know? See, my goal was just to get inside your head and psych you out. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a jerk. Let's call him slow play on him before the match started. <laughs> yeah. Were you, were you top decking at all like a champ, Jerry? Um, That's what Jerry's known for, is fucking just... I do top deck like a champ, but no, that was not... Sunday was not my day. Um, I kind of used the day to experiment, because now that I have a good feel for the deck and how to play the deck, I wanted to kind of push the limits of the deck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I really used the deck to practice mulliganing, and... Oh, what- okay. What happens when I don't mulligan? So I was keeping some really sketchy hands. No, were you still playing Gataxian Probe? Uh, two Gataxian Probe, yes. Okay. And that's actually one of the sketchy hands I kept. Uh, it was Show and Tell, Emrakul, Gataxian Probe, Gataxian Probe, Force of Will, Force of Will, Ancient Tomb. Okay, so you're hoping to like hit a pedal or a fucking land off a probe. Yeah, all I need yeah. is a blue source. All I need is a blue source, and I pretty much have a guaranteed turn one Emrakul with double Force of Will backup. And mm-hmm. I kept it because even if I don't hit the blue source, I have two Gitaxian probes, so it's like getting two more draw steps. Yeah, you get a little velocity out of it. Yeah, and I was on the draw, so it's like out of three... Out of three draws, uh, the probability of me hitting a blue source was pretty high, and so I kept it, but I didn't end up uh, getting a blue source until the fifth draw. I find I do that too frequently. I, I, will, I will keep, like even, even Sunday I was doing it, I, I'd, I'd keep hands that had like no land but probes. I'm like, I'll just get the velocity to hit one. It depends on the deck. Some decks you can definitely do that. Other decks you cannot. <laughs> you right, cannot do that. A lot of times it depends on the deck I'm playing against. But yeah, <laughs> like I could probably get away with it with elves because I probably have till turn three. But like right. against against miracles, I'm locked out on turn three. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. 
But uh, it was it was good. I got to see kind of what the deck would, can do. Uh, I have a pretty solid understanding of you know the sideboards for sneak and show now. What I want, what I don't want. Um, it was just fun. You know, I my matchups were pretty diverse. Round one, Grixis Delver. Round two, Goblins, which I have not played against in I'm almost three years. I'm gonna say. <laughs> who was? Do you know who was playing Goblins? It was it was a new kid I've never seen before. Oh, okay, all right. Um, he was the one I punted against where I tried force willing a Cranko. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, round three, I think I versed you, Pat. Round three. Uh, uh, was it three or four? I think we're around yeah. four. It was either three or four. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Because round three, I versed Rug Delver. Okay. That one was real close. And then round five, I versed Kyle playing Reanimator. So. Yep. Got mostly fair decks, and then a uh, nice combo matchup at the end for funsies. Yeah, I got my first round was uh, against Miracles, and then I played I played a young kid there who was playing kind of like a bl- uh, blue black kind of his own little control brew or or whatever he was running. Um, I think it was a kid that played Jace against you. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it was his cards. It was his cards he liked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No, that's cool. <laughs> Except it um, wasn't a real Jace. Well, no. I, well, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sure. But you know, it's it, it happens. It wasn't a big deal. I felt like you. I felt like you handled it really well. He was. I don't think he was put off by. It. I don't think he was embarrassed by. It, you know. So uh, yeah, I, I know he felt bad about it. Yeah, you know, he felt bad about it, and I just I didn't want him. I mean, I, I don't like to be a. I don't like to be a dick to anybody. Oh, of course against, not. You know, like and, and, and I don't know. Well, it, he felt but, bad, so, but it was a really nice. I told him afterwards. I'm like, that was a really nice looking J. So, 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 that was like a really high quality proxy. It was uh, a really nice proxy. Yeah, it was a nice. Yeah, I mean, the artwork was nice. It was, it was um like window cling. It was just uh, agents judging his. Uh... <laughs> well, the thing was like, and, and I like, I would like to, you know, I I liked playing against his deck because like I would play fucking land tax or something against it. I almost wanted to let him pl- keep the Jace because the rest of the cards he was playing. Like, yeah. Um, yeah I, wasn't, so, I wasn't sure what his what his thing was. Well, um, he was no, he was just playing a bunch of cards that he's got yeah. these, like, now I'm playing, I was playing Tess. Um, last minute I just threw a te- deck together and fucking figured I'd go. And uh, so I was playing the Epic Storm. And his deck had, like, ultimate price. Which is, uh, what, it's like a black and colorless destroy target monocolored creature. Which is not like a normal legacy card, because like there's a lot of multicolored creatures you're actually looking to kill, like Deathrite Shaman mm-hmm. and shit. So mm-hmm. like ultimate prices, you know. He, so he was playing the cards that he liked. It does um, get Gurmag Angler. It gets Gurmag Angler, but like <laughs> it, it gets one of my sixteen Goblin tokens out of Tess. Like, yeah. He he actually cast a Spies against me, which. Target, I guess target player reveals his or her hand and discards a creature or planeswalker yep. in their hand. Oh, you know um, what he actually um, did to me, which was sweet, which was pretty sweet. Now that you mentioned that, he did cast Bioblight against me against when I had two Flip Delvers on board. <laughs> and so I was able to force will it. I force willed it, but I was like, that's pretty slick. Like I wouldn't like, have thought about playing Bioblight. Well, that's the thing is like you know, and that's the cool thing is you know this kid's got his deck, but you can't be ready for the cards he's playing because he's just playing random stuff, you know, and, yep. and which is okay. It's cool, but like the and. The thing is, Despise, uh, alright, so the Epic Storm, for the record, doesn't play a creature or a planeswalker. So, like, Despise is, so he's, you know, he's not terribly familiar with the format, and that's cool, and, I, and I'd like to encourage him. I almost wanted to let him keep the Jace on board. Yeah. Just because. Like, yeah. Um, so he'd have some sort of a interaction, 
you know, it just, um, yeah, so it, it was like an awkward, and then like, you know, and I go outside and somebody's like, oh, did you get there? And I'm like, well, yeah, but it yeah. doesn't, it's not, the, <laughs> yeah, it well, that doesn't yeah, like, make it a fun yeah, game. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah I, I think I too owed him, and it wasn't like, it wasn't a good feeling, like I'd much, ra- I'd much rather lose in a, in a fun interactive game yes. than win in a game where I felt like I was heavy le- heavily leveraged to win against someone who... It's yeah. just trying to, like, get the format, you know what I mean? Like, or or, or just trying to go play and have fun on a Sunday. Yeah, thing. oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But um, and then I think uh, I played round three, I played Merfolk, which I punted real bad against. I just wasn't I wasn't sure how to play against that. And then I played uh, round four against some scrub on Sneak and Show. And then, yeah, you're uh, that guy's dick. <laughs> some scrub. Oh. No, I played Jerry on Sneak and Show, and then... um. Wow. Wait, hold on, hold on. Like, are we are we now three sep- three episodes in and fucking Pat's calling Jerry a scrub? <laughs> That's it. That's it. This trial period's over. Jerry <laughs> Jerry was Jerry was calling me out as a cheater in front of the whole room. And was I'm like, look at this cheater casting chain lightning in the middle of the combat step. <laughs> Who does he think I am? <laughs> So Everyone cool. watch out for this asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, last round I played against Infect, so I was actually uh, very happy with the diversity of decks that I played against. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yep. Good and practice. Then, and, and then, uh, and so, so Jerry, just in case, I'm, cu- I'm curious if you have any thoughts on uh, cool little wacky shit, because we kind of mentioned that in the past. Um so Pat rode down there with me and rode back with me, and when we got back, we were talking a bit, and we started talking about, like, some of the, um, how can I put it? Yeah, some of, some of the interactions in Legacy that aren't typically expected. Like, um, and my example was, uh, where you actually hard, like, against 12 post, and you actually hard cast Mind Break Trap to exile Emrakul off the stack, because inst- you can't counter him. Right, exactly. So, like, there's one. I was talking about stifling the annihilator trigger because we were talking yeah. about stifle. We were talking about how stifle can act like a one blue wasteland. Oh yeah, someone stifled my flusterstorm storm trigger. That was uh, it was uh-huh. Nick Malatesta. Yeah, he stifled the flusterstorm. I'm like, oh, that's brutal. <laughs> oh, was he playing Infect? No, he was playing Rug Delver. Is that what it was? Because I saw the cards he was playing. He had like gemstone mines and stuff and basic lands, and I'm like. Trying to figure out what he's playing because he's always like. You sure that was Nick? That, Nick Malatesta was running like stock stifle rug. I think he might be thinking of someone else. No, no, the guy that is like fucking elf champion. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, was, I I know who he is. <laughs> like, he was not I, in basic lands or gemstone mine. You may have seen him when he was playing like a casual game. Yeah, maybe. I've never I, I've never seen him play a casual game. But okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, he had two gemstone mines on board. He had a island and a plains in his hand that somebody like. And it, I was trying. I'm like, that's not his elf deck. What is he doing? <laughs> like, I was really interested because he's scary with an elf deck. Anyway. Yeah, he's probably one of the best uh, elf players on the East Coast. Right, yeah. all right, you'll go East Coast, okay? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know all the elf players on the East Coast, but he'll take top eight in SCG with elves. That's not. Yeah, I mean, I say East Coast because he doesn't really travel to the West Coast. <laughs> right, right, okay, all right. So anyway, but yeah, that that's he is uh, pretty nice. You know, you get to play against some of the best, uh, you know, archetype players. Yeah, yeah. But so well, so we were talking about Stifle and yep. uh, being like one blue wasteland and being able to hit the Annihilator trigger, being able to hit the Storm trigger on a Tendrils of Agony, and like different 
different plays that may not, and, and I'm trying to think of other things that might be valuable insight for Pat to pick up on being new to Legacy. I'm well, curious. We're, we're uh, sorceries can't be played during <laughs> <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> um, I did, we were talking about stifling, um, uh, a fetchland, uh, fetchland sack and then stifling, um, Cycling the wasteland activation. Cycling the yeah. wasteland. Yeah, that's the other one too, mm-hmm. which seemed which seemed pretty sweet. I guess I guess one that because I think you know by now a lot of the things that me and Jerry think of may you know for most people who play Legacy are like become common knowledge. But if somebody's getting new into Legacy, because mm-hmm. they probably hadn't thought about it. Um, so it like let's say you're playing white. Okay. Now if Jerry casts Show and Tell and puts an Emrakul and you put in Oblivion Ring, you can actually Oblivion Ring the Emrakul. Right. Because when the O-ring enters, it's not a spell anymore? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just trying to think of any other... Anything you could think of, Jerry? Um, one that I came across recently is when it's appropriate to wasteland a fetch land. Hmm. Hmm. If you're holding Stifle. No. Well, I mean, no? yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that works. <laughs> um, but so, say your opponent has a Delver in play, and they brainstorm. Yes. Yep. Wastelands their st- uh, fetch lands because now it's either uh, your Delver doesn't flip and also you probably put something on top that you want to keep uh, in all likelihood uh, because that's what a lot of people will do is they'll, uh, if especially if they know you're running discard effects, they'll hide something on top of the brainstorm. So if they're trying to force flip a Delver... Or mm-hmm. they're trying to hide something from like a Thoughtseize or something. Oh, like that. okay, I see what you're saying. You waste them so that they just don't search. Right. It's well, like or they do either... search. They do search and they mess up the whole top of their deck, right? Exactly. Well, if they do search, yeah, yeah. See, and okay, I was looking at it from another angle. Is when somebody brainstorms when they want to crack the fetch to get the shuffle and you stifle it. Like sometimes I'll let the brainstorm resolve if I'm holding a stifle. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I can counterspell whatever they want to counterspell for the stifle. But, like, as soon as, because, again, when somebody brainstorms, they'll put two cards back on top of the deck. If they're looking to get that shuffle that's two cards that they don't want, usually lands. Yep. I'll, I'll, I just screwed up their next two turns. That's actually something I never really thought about, that interaction of, of shuffling away lands like that. Oh, that's the, yeah, that's the power in brainstorm and, and, and fetch lands. Yeah, that's actually pretty sweet. It is. <laughs> it I definitely, is. I definitely had that come up where, like, I would brainstorm and have three cards and two of them are lands and I'm like, ah, oh, there's not a whole lot I want to do here. Mm-hmm. And I actually think, I probably had a fetch and play on more than one occasion when that happened, so. Yeah, and a lot, of, so a lot of times it's like, so with brainstorm, you draw the three cards, you put two back, usually it's two you don't want, maybe lands. A yep. lot of times, like, so I, and a lot of times I'll play combo decks anyway, so I'll brainstorm. Brainstorm becomes like, it's not really draw three cards, but if it's if there's a like if I have two lands in my hand, some my best bet's going to be put them back on top of the deck and try to get the shuffle. Mm-hmm. When I shuffle, I'm getting that land I just put back on top of the deck anyway, and then I'm shuffling whatever else. Like uh, for example, if I'm playing Tess, I don't need Tendrils of Agony in my hand. When I brainstorm, I could put that back in the deck and then shuffle. Actually, yep. All right, Tess, I keep Tendrils in the sideboard and play Burning Wish anyway. It's a bad example, but. So it's any anything like that. Like, sure. Like that's how Jerry, if he's holding Emrakul, can look for Show and Tell. Yep. You know, if he's holding yep. Show and Tell, he can look for Grizzlebrand. It's yep. um. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you get good card selection. You get to reshuffle. But when like I've done it against Shardless Bug, Willow brainstorm, and then try to fetch to shuffle something away. I stifle the fetch 
because if I could fight the counterspell war over the brainstorm, I'll just wait and fight the counterspell war over yeah. the fetch, and I've got them on land destruction also. Okay. So I have another question for you. So there was more than one game where I have I have Cataxian Probe late in the game, and other than a cantrip, it's not super useful for me um, unless it's fodder for Force of Will. Because there's no, you know, I can't pull anything out of their hand, or I, can, I guess I can check for the, to make sure the coast is clear, but... Well, you're, not, if, you're not playing Young Pyromancer, right? No, I am playing Young Pyromancer, yeah. Oh, okay, so you can get a token off it anyway. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure, I get uh-huh. a token off it. So, okay. so I had this situation come up where, um, I, I think I, I think I wanted to stick a Young Pyromancer, but I had Force of Will, Cataxian Probe, Young Pyromancer, and maybe a land in my hand. Okay. And would you, would you cast Young Pyromancer and then hold up Force of Will? Or would you, do you think it's more ideal to probe them, see what they have in their hand, and then draw a card hoping that it's, you know, that's more than likely a blue card? So, from my recent experience anyway, because I just had a recent, I don't even remember what deck I was playing or what I was doing, or where I was. I think it was actually SCG Worcester. I brainstormed looking for a blue card, because mm-hmm. I was holding Forcible and I wanted to see what else was on top of the deck. Yep. Uh, oh, so it was Shardless Bug. Uh, it was no blue card, and I, now I couldn't counterspell what I needed to do. Yep. Like if if you have if you have the optimal play in hand, I guess you just make the optimal play. Like uh, in in that case, I, I might have to ask myself how badly do I need to stick the young pyromancer? Right. Like if you need to jam it, you can go with the the. If they have the counter spell, you got to counter it anyway. If they have two, you fucked. Yep, that's true. That's true. It depends on the on the situation as always, because mm-hmm. with the deck, if they're playing something that you're dead afraid of. That if they're like, are you holding Force Will up so you can protect the young Pyromancer from a bolt, or are you holding Force Will up because they're going to natural order a creator of in? Oh, that's a good point too. Yeah. So it, if you're playing against another fair deck, Force Will is one of your worst cards because it's an automatic two for one. Mm-hmm. So I would only keep the Force of Will up if yep. I was playing against a combo deck that I knew could kill me on the spot, or if I knew they had some crazy sideboard card that would wreck me. In okay. most other cases, the Gitaxian probe to look at their hand, get the token off the young Pyromancer, and probably draw into another blue card yep. is worth it to me uh, that I'm okay with having the Force of Will without a pair for, for a turn or two. Okay. I think what I ended up doing was I ended up playing young Pyromancer for, uh, no, I ended up probing then playing young Pyromancer, which was out of all the options, the least optimal because I'm not even getting the token in that I'm basically just cycling the probe for for whatever reason. I think that's what I ended up doing. Mm-hmm. And it, and it wasn't. It certainly wasn't. I mean, it wasn't the best play. But I think after probing them, after playing the on Pyromancer and not getting countered, probing them to see just to see what they have. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, it was uh, definitely not the an optimal play. But um, like I said, there's there's. I mean, I know that Delver is one of the. You know, it's not like the the top tier deck, but there's just so many so many decisions for that. I would, I, I, I gotta think that I gotta <laughs> think that it's like. I'm just laughing because there's so many top tier decks that actually include Delver. Yeah, yeah I, I, I that's it. Delver's not the top tier deck. I'm like, yeah, it's in one of them. <laughs> well, bug Delver, well, bug Delver. All right, well, certainly not. Certainly not in my hands. It's not the top tier deck, but I just look at it and there's just so many decisions to be made that I think that the more I play it, and and I have all intention of playing it for a while because I really enjoyed playing it. Um, I think that with every, you know, every time I get to play a game with it, my percentage to win is going to go up a little bit. Like, yeah. exactly, oh, I'm yeah. a percentage here, a percentage there, no, um, it, all this experience. I felt, I definitely felt like, you know, by round, it seems stupid, but by round five, I felt like if, you know, if I played Infect round one, I probably would have lost, but I felt like by round five, I was 
even a, another percentage point more proficient with the deck. You know what I mean? Well, the other interesting thing is that you're, you're going to get more experience with the deck, but you'll also get more experience with the format, and then you get right. more experience with certain matchups. Like, so yep. far, uh, I don't know, but I don't believe, like, you've played against Dredge yet. Nope, I have not played Dredge. Yeah, so, I mean, you're going to start, you'll, you'll end up starting to face different decks, and you'll start figuring out, okay, well, in this matchup, then you start deciding on your sideboard, how do you want to short, short up the matchups that you're weak against that you know from personal right. knowledge and also from your own play. Yeah. Did I tell you guys what I ran for a sideboard for this deck? No. Uh, I just I just took my burn sideboard and shoved it in the box. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not bad. <laughs> I, mean, I looked at it, I'm like, eh, most is applicable. I don't have time to shop around for cards. I just no, shoved you, it in there and jammed it. <laughs> yeah, you'll get you'll get more selection as time goes on too. You'll yeah. start to figure yep. out other little things that you might want to get away with, like mm-hmm. um I don't know if I don't know if you were playing Blood Moons or not. No, yeah. I don't. I don't have blood moons. I okay. I, I kind of want to get them though. I'd wait. <laughs> well, yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm, you know what I was noticing, and and I know I mentioned it, which is funny because I mentioned it in the last cast, which is now like fucking. <laughs> it's, it's almost done. I'll post it tonight. Um, Magus it's still Monday. Moon, it's still Monday. Magus of the Moon's now fucking out of stock. Yep. Yeah. What we call him that bucks. last episode? We called that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Which is. Uh, and and I know, so I got rid of those cards, and I was debating. I'm like, I should just pick up Magus of the Moons and Goblin Guides and make that deck. And like, no, I, I just can't bite the bullet. And then the the more I wait to bite the bullet, the bigger the bullet gets. <laughs> <laughs> really true. Yeah, definitely like a very steady climb of Blood Moon after like fe- like mid- like early February. It just was climbing, 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 and then by like the beginning of you know mid May, I guess when Modern Masters was announced, right? Like it just spiked. Like, it just it went up, doubled in price. Yeah, just anything that wasn't in Modern Masters. It's already started coming down, though. It's it's back to 40, it's down to 49, so. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it, Not as high as it was. Well, it, that's, it's just the thing is, like, you know, you say Blood Moon's coming down, it's back down to 49, but it was at, like, fucking 15 before. Yeah, it was, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> back, in, no, back in February, it was, like, what, yeah, 17 bucks? And Something so, like I mean, but, you know, we have, you know, big modern, you know, we have modern GPs going on right now. It's modern season in the pro tour. Cause yeah, I think it, the next it, pro- it, it seems yeah. like every day there's a new stupid price increase. Yeah. Like Heritage Druid is a $25 card now. Why? That's, Who knows? <laughs> is that, you know, wow, that's actually in Collected Company? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I mean, I know. It's just, it's just, people are dumb. People are still dumb. (laughs) (laughs) So if you take a look at that link I put up, it's got the number one deck was elves. Yep. And so it's, it's strange to me. Um, God, it's got to be something on demand because Heritage Druids $25 is an uncommon in an elf deck in modern. Glimpse of Nature is like a $25 card is a rare out of an elf deck in Legacy. Yeah. There's a thirty now. I don't know. Whatever glimpse is at. It's it's just the hot new tech everyone's jumping on. It's like yep. Cabin of Souls is a forty dollar card now. Um what is it? Nourishing Shoal went from fifty seven cents to eight dollars. You know what? Yeah. That's actually Wow, that's weird. That you know, you mentioned it like that, Cherry. That might be the part why modern reminds me of standard. Is it so much trend to the hot deck instead of trend to figure out your deck? Right. Like, and I, le- Legacy gets to be more 
I'm personally invested in figuring out my deck, not personally invested in jumping to each deck each week. The thing is, is that's what it is, is modern is all these standard players who are like, I want to play an eternal format now, so I'm going to play modern, but I'm still going to treat it the same way I treat standard. And then the people that are doing really well in modern are the people who are approaching it like a legacy player, where this is my deck, I'm going to master this deck over the next yep. couple months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's... I wish I liked modern, so I could just go and pwn on all the noobs who don't know how to actually, you know, meta game for the format. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I think I, I definitely think that coming from from standard, like especially now, is such a it's 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 so rele- relevant. It's rocks paper scissors every week. You know, what I mean, I know we've said it before. Every week it's something different, so everyone's changing decks, but. Um, yeah, I think in Legacy, one of the nice things is just learning your deck. I was actually listening to Efro talk today. Um, he was talking actually on the uh, constructed uh, resources with Marshall Sutcliffe. They were talking about um, sometimes you're just better off becoming an expert at one deck because it's going to give you, it's going to shave you off those percentage points to win. You know what I mean? The better you are with the deck, the more you're more apt you are to win games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing I'm kind of waiting for now that we're talking about it in that sense is. Um, if it is that a majority of standard players bounce from deck to deck to deck to deck in modern, mm-hmm. it's a short period of time before standard players in modern just go, well, modern's too expensive. Yeah. Because they're, because they're treating it the same way you treat standard. Well, you say that, but modern, because modern is a pro tool, it, well, they did try to do away with modern as a pro tool format, and that didn't happen. There was kind of an uproar of players. Yeah. As long as, as long as modern is a pro tour format, standard players will play it because they're going to want to make the pro tour, and they're going to want to be proficient in those decks. Sure, but until I mean, that changes, they will chase. They will chase modern decks. Well, they're going to have one of two options. They're either going to do where they borrow a deck from somebody or cards from various people so that they can put the deck together, mm-hmm. or they're going to buy cards and sell them and complain that the format's expensive. Because or they, they or they could rent a deck because I've they buy them because they buy them high and sell them low. Well, no, I've seen I've seen companies that literally like you can pay fifty dollars to rent a deck. For yeah, I was, I was I was tempted to do that myself. Yeah, I, I didn't even realize that existed until like a week or a week ago. Yeah, I I, I thought twice about it, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a depending on how you actually do it, I could see how there could be a demand for it, but mm-hmm. it just it wasn't worth the time for me mm-hmm. or the resource. I'm actually people were talking about this the other day about you know modern being a pro tour format and how it affects it. I'm actually thankful that Legacy is not a pro tour format after seeing. I am too. What yeah. has happened to modern? Yep. Like, can you imagine if there's the Pro Tour and all of a sudden Brian Kibler decides and announces to everyone that Lands is the best deck and wow. now everyone is running out to buy four Tabernacle? Yeah. There just isn't enough Tabernacles for that to happen. And that, yeah. I know that's the extreme case, but there are a lot of situations where these cars are already at a high price point. If all of a sudden it has the inf- artificial pressure of a temporary tournament spike adding to it, it would just get insane. I think, too, in the same vein, um, when you have something like the pros playing Legacy, they're going to, I mean, you know, they're going to solve that format or, you know, figure out the best deck um, pretty quickly. Um, that's kind of one of the reasons why some people some people don't like Modern. I know, I know you don't believe me, but when you have that many pros sitting down and focusing all their efforts, they have teams of the best minds in Magic playing these decks. They're going to find something that's that's better I, than everything else. I don't yeah, think it's possible to solve Legacy. Yeah, it's sure. there's, there's too many decks. Like the thing is, is 
If they all sat down, maybe they all think Miracles is the best deck until the one pro sits up and says, actually, I'm going to play Shardless Bug and just ranch all these people. Sure. You know, and, and then somebody sure. else is going to go, well, I'm going to play Burn and just ranch Shardless Bug. Yeah. <laughs> like somebody else's, it's just, it, it's such a rock, paper, scissors. It, it is kind of who shows up with what. Yeah. And, yeah. And who can pilot it, really? Like, like there's, there's certain decks that, there's certain decks that are really good that I could put together that mm-hmm. I, I just don't have, I, like, I don't play, de- like, okay, I have four Delvers, I don't play Delver, cause I don't know how to flip my Delver. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 like, I don't, I, it's, it's, um, I, I miss the trigger, I'll brainstorm and put the land on top, cause it doesn't dawn on me. <laughs> like, there's so many things that so, I just, it's not so, my card. So looking at the metagame breakdown on uh, MTG Top 8, this is now. This is just the last two weeks, and this is mostly like M, like legacy dailies on MTGO. There are 22 decks like that are that are relevant, and well, I mean, no, again, this is this is Mitgo, so it's kind of it's kind of you know it's a little bit skewed because uh, Blue Red Delver is the second is it goes Blue White Miracles at 32 percent, Blue Red Delver at 23 percent, and then you have Mud at nine, and then you have a bunch of fives like you have Bug. Uh, you have Junk, Nick Fit, Threshold, Dread, Show and Tell, Elves, all at 5%. But you know what the top three have in common? They don't run Wasteland. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah Jer- Jerry's got the, Jerry has some insight on the paper metagame versus the digital, yeah. as far oh, as... Oh, it, it definitely, it, it absolutely skews it, like, like, hard, 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 you know? Well, like, what, what'd you say, Jerry, how much is Tabernacle online? Uh, like not even five dollars. Yeah, and that's and how much is it in paper? Uh, eight hundred. <laughs> okay, so, so for example, now Sunday, this is oh my god, this is an awesome example. Um, Sunday, I'm playing the Epic Storm, which has two kill conditions. I can either Tendrils of Agony, which is like a big drain life, or I can empty the Warrens, where I just spit out a whole bunch of one ones. And f- for one, <laughs> the, the kid I played round one who cast a proxy Jace. Uh, I looked at his hand at one point and saw Black Sun Zenith when I cast arrests. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we gotta get rid of that. And then, like, all the rest of the games, I was so worried he was gonna cast a Black Sun Zenith <laughs> when I emptied the Warrens. So, like, no, that's, that's an awesome, that, that was not expected. I know people used to play it, but then, uh, playing against Aaron, who's doing Green White 12 post, um, I'm, I'm debating, like I, maybe I can combo out with empty the warrens, but I go to duress them and I see tabernacle. Which uh, so for every creature you have, you have to pay two mana during your upkeep to sacrifice that creature. So if I empty the warrens and get twelve creatures, I have to pay twenty four mana, and I don't have twenty four mana. <laughs> like, but like Aaron will play tabernacle. He's one of the few that has one to play. Um, usually in paper, you don't need to worry about tabernacle. Usually online, you may need to. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it, it shifts what decks people can get away with playing. So, all right, so let's say let's say for a paper event, um, let's go back to the Open in Worcester. So you guys tell me um, the top eight decks. They have Grixis Delver and Grixis Pyromancer, which I'm assuming are both Delver variants, right? Yeah. Similar. Yeah. But you have Elves, Lands, uh, Berserk Poison. So that's an infect, right? Berserk, Berserk Poison. poison I, yeah. I can't imagine if it's anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Death and Taxes, Stoneblade, and Blue White Miracles. I mean, that's pretty awesome to have that as your your top eight in a you know in an event. Like, well, there's only one deck that's similar, and all the rest are so. You know what I mean? I just I, I agree. I think the metagame in, in Legacy is very is very varied. That's what I like so much about it. You know, and that's why I'm glad the pros don't play it. 
Yeah, what was the top four of uh, that seat? Was there even any blue in the top four? Uh, what was there? Burn? There was Burn. There was Goblin Bombard- Zombie Bombardment. Zombie oh, yeah, Aramade top. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yet another shout-out before our time. Our uh, <laughs> uh, top eight. Uh, he was my ride, so I was disappointed he was winning because I couldn't go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And then we went out to eat. You look so tired. You look like you were bothered just to be eating with us. I was sleepy. <laughs> Yeah. I just yeah. lost five rounds in a row. <laughs> yeah. Did you really? You didn't lose five. Did I lost get... five rounds in a oh row. My, you didn't get one game in all day? I was experimenting. Oh, man, I feel bad. I went like 1-4. I figured I did the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you're saying I did the best out of out of all of us? Yeah. That's sad. That's well, bad. That's no, I, I... my story that I never showed up. I wasn't there. <laughs> No, the epic the epic storm is um it's a strong combo deck, but like I said, it's explosive. But yeah. it's more it's more fragile than ad nauseum tendrils. I just can't pilot ad nauseum tendrils. Actually, apparently, I can't pilot the epic storm either. So, either way, works but out. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I uh... no, actually, I think I went two three. Yeah, because I, I yeah because um twelve post doesn't have much of a way to interact with a. Yeah. Nasty combo deck like that. It, it was good, uh, good practice to get in ready for a yeah. uh, bunch of duels down in, uh, Rhode Island two weeks yeah. from now. I Actually, probably a, a week by the time this podcast comes out. Hold on a second. Is it two weeks? When's Grand Prix Providence? Uh, Grand next Providence week. Is this weekend. This weekend. That's right. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I'm not gonna have my son. Are you gonna go play? No, that's standard. No, actually, well, no, they're at... gonna have, they're gonna have legacy side events. Yeah, I was actually, uh, well, that's too you take bad. Take one down, man. You can. It's an eight, man. You can take it down. Win a box or whatever they're doing. No, well, the thing with uh, Jerry, Jerry actually likes uh, the idea of bringing ten fins into an eight, man, because you don't have to run through yeah. nine rounds with it. Oh, ten fins and eight, man. Just get lucky three rounds. I can <laughs> get lucky for three rounds. <laughs> I think the, ten fins preys on eight, man's. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll sleeve up the burning reanimator and just fuck around with a round. But I'm probably gonna go down there. Um, Talk to a few people, maybe trade some cards, sell some cards. Uh, I don't know if KYT is still going to be down there, and I might, I might go see if I can find him and, uh, you know, thank him for his services anyway. Yeah. His, his service for uh, podcasts and shit. And um, I was kind of hoping to do something else, but that's not going to be in time. We'll figure that out as time goes along. Yep. Yep. Um, I did talk to uh, Patrick Chapin is going to be down there, so he's going to sign my book. Maybe we'll get to sign a play matter too. Sign my book. Technically, it's your book, but it's my book now. I bought it. I paid money for it. (laughs) Yep. Any other topics you guys would like to discuss? I'm somehow winning this Modern Masters draft. I don't know how that happens. Yes, (laughs) go. Do it. What's your deck looking like, anyway? It's a pile. It's a red-white pile of shit. (laughs) Oh, you know what? We were talking about... Well, we weren't talking about a red-white pile of shit the other day, but we were were talking about something that actually had me surprised a while ago when I looked it up. And now that you mentioned a red-white pile of shit... A little while ago, Steam Vents... I mean, uh, Sacred Foundry was like the most expensive Shockland. And it looks like it's still that way. I mean, Sacred Foundry. You mean Steam Vents? No, that Sacred Foundry was the... Most expensive Shockland. No, okay, no. All right, now it is Steam Vents. Okay. Yeah, because Steam Vents no. is the most played Shockland in modern. Then it's going to be... Then Sacred Foundry must be second? I think a while ago there was like a Naya deck, and for some reason Sacred Foundry was like 
20 bucks for the gate crash one. Like, I mean, hell? Sacred Foundry, I think, was really popular when it was in Standard. But, uh, it was oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, but uh, now it's all about the uh, all about the Steam vents because that's what uh, that's what really gets off, you know, Splinter Twin Combo, Blue Red Delver. Uh, yeah, it's just I'd be surprised that the Blue Lands aren't more. Well, when you don't have Brainstorm and Force Will, you don't have as much reason to run Blue. No, you want some aggro creatures. You got to go with like fucking what Burning Tree Emissary or some shit. Uh, Burning Tree Emissary, I love that in Standard. Yeah, a lot of people did. Oh, it was God. hilarious. Uh, I was at an SCG, and some guy came over looking all... I was playing my opponent, and his friend came over, sat down with this dazed look on his face. And it, it, my opponent was like, dude, are you okay? He's just like, I just lost a Burning Tree Emissary in Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> he just went like... Land, Lotus Petal, Burning Tree Emissary, Burning Tree Emissary, Burning Tree Emissary, and then the the Werewolf Lord that gives, like, humans plus one, plus one. Uh. <laughs> Mayor of Averbrook? Yeah, Mayor of Averbrook. So he was like, he hit me for six on turn one. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, playing Standard, and um, I played first turn Elvish Mystic. Second turn, I played my Nykthos. Um, I tapped my Mystic and my Forest to play... Three burning trees, so I played burning tree, burning tree, burning tree. Tapped Nykthos for six. Played Hydra Broodmaster, which was just like a big dumb creature that can make a bunch of hydras and just pass turn. And I think on turn turn three, I had like five 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 hydras <laughs> and plus my burning trees. It was sweet. It was so, very good. All right, here's a bad financial tip from a bad financial person. Okay, <laughs> and this is uh, if I remember right. The number one elf deck that just came out of Charlotte had three copies of Nykthos. Mm-hmm. I was looking, and I, I kept seeing that card in the standard, and I'm like, God, that seems like just the modern version of Gaia's Cradle. Nykthos yeah. is so good. Yeah. And, 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 and I kept thinking to myself, it's land, I should probably be picking them up just because. I yeah. Up. Yeah, well, you, good, Jerry, keep doing it, because they're only fucking, they look like they're like, $5. Yeah, like uh, $3. I've been and, trying to target the foil ones. And there's three copies in that elf deck in the first place in Charlotte, so I'd be surprised if that card doesn't start really fucking climbing. I'm surprised it's actually only 5 still. Yeah, I started unloading them when they were up at, like, 6 six fifty. Um, started unloading them? Yeah, because I had four from my mono green deck in standard, and I was just selling off my standard stuff, but they've come down a bit, so I might start picking some up. Yeah, um, I mean... They're, like, I, a buck cheaper now. Well, they're also super popular in Commander, so that's why I've been getting the yeah. oil ones. Oh, my God, you know what Cavern of Souls is at? Yeah, it's, like, $40. I, I said that earlier. Because I, I kept looking at Cavern... Like, I kept looking at Cavern of Souls, and I'm like, you know, that's... that's that seems pretty good, and like I picked them up a little while ago for Merfolk, and then it's just not. It doesn't go with Merfolk the way I want to play Merfolk. I don't like. I, I. It seems like people will either go with somehow you have to make the decision between Cavernous Souls, Wasteland, and Metavault, and I'd rather play Wasteland Metavault. Yeah, really? That, yeah, that's kind of the whole. Yeah, because uh, you play days, you need the islands. Right. Yeah, but don't you think Cavernous Souls, that the ability to not have a counter, is just super powerful? No, because I'm playing so many Merfolk with an Aether Vial. Yeah, I, it's a exactly. It's like okay. you, already have, you already have Aether Vial, and all your Merfolk pretty much do the same thing anyways, that it doesn't matter if one of them gets countered, you just play it. Sure. Yeah, and, and you're, you're playing your own counter spells. It's not... Like, a lot of times, too, all right, I ca- I'm, I'm playing Cavernous Souls so I can resolve my fucking... Uh, what the hell's the... Dr- the Silver Gill Adept, so I can draw a card. So, you already... Or even a Curse Catcher, I... I 
Cavernous Souls and cast my Curse Catcher and they lightning bolted. Mm-hmm. Like, it, my Cavernous Souls really didn't do anything. Yeah, Cavern of Souls is much better in Goblins, which is too bad because Goblins isn't very good. Yeah, I'm not just they, saying that because he beat me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they can't fight the Counterspell Wars. Well, it's but, also, it's like you don't have days. That's the biggest thing. Days like is so powerful in Merfolk, but they need to have those islands to return. Like, I could imagine Cavern of Souls being good in Elves if Gaia's Cradle just wasn't so powerful. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, there's, there's no reason. Fine, counter the Elf, I just make more. Like, it's just not a big deal. Yeah, Cavern of Souls is up there. I definitely saw a price spike recently. But mm-hmm. it's it's been kind of rolling. Like, it seemed like Gate Crash, it was high, went, was really low after, like, just before Born of the Gods, went back up, then came down, and now it's back up again. So. Well, all the fake uh, dual lands are spiking, too. Like, uh, Black Reef Cliffs, that spiked up to, like, $12. I so. heard about that. Yeah, the ones from Scars of Mirrodin, right? Yeah, yeah. the Scars lands, the Buddy lands. Yep. The Fast lands. Fastlands, whatever you want to call them. There's so many nicknames for them, well, I can't get them straight. The Buddylands and the Checklands are just synonyms for each other. They both, that's the same. But the Fastlands are the scars ones that come in untapped. Well, I got I got a question. Can either one of you find me a valid price for Besiju? Um, How do you spell that? B-O-S-E-I-J-U. My keyboard's far away. <laughs> oh, Okay. Because it's it's thirteen out of stock on SCG. That's not good. Shelters all. It, it was it was eight, then it was eleven, then my deck got stolen. and I've been debating if I wanted to pick up another one. Twelve seventy six right now is like the mid price. Okay. Um, you can Just get it through TCG player. Uh, you get it through TCG player, like lightly played for not, for like under ten bucks. All right, so it hasn't really changed much. They're just out of how stock much, on them. How much for the uh, from the vault version? From the uh, vault realms, twelve out of stock. That's the thing is I'm, I'm yeah. looking at I'm looking at SCG is out of stock, out of stock, out of stock on Besiege shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, what I honestly think I've noticed that a lot with SCG. I think what happened was they were running the GP, so they didn't have the manpower to update the website <laughs> because they you know every all hands on deck running the GP, and I think they honestly just took a bunch of things down off the website because they were afraid of them spiking at their own GP and selling out before they could update prices. <laughs> or maybe they had to take them off the online inventory to actually stock the booth at the Grand Prix. No, because they they use, uh, from what I understand, they have a pretty uh, sophisticated system that that doesn't require them to do that. Hmm. They'd have to track every sale at, at the GP. Well, what they do is they have they run it as if it's two separate stores. So I mean, yeah, I guess that's right. If they really, really wanted to stockpile it. But they don't use those events to sell cards. They use those events to buy cards to sell in their marketplace later. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day, actually. Like, they just go there with, like, like any, not just SCG, but any vendor is at the, is there not really to sell cards, they're there to buy them. Right, yeah. That's what vendors say. It's like when they leave with money, they've failed. Right, right. You want to go there broke with big stacks of cards. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you want to leave. But yeah. I, because I, stores do that all the time. They'll take inventory down before a major mm-hmm. tournament because they don't want to deal with the angry customer who has their order canceled. Or yep. a lot of the stores, you know, the good stores like SCG. You know, say what you will about SCG and Channel Fireball. I have never heard of them ever canceling an order due to a price spike. Neither have I. Yeah, I, I can, I can second that. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the benefit of ordering from them. It's like, sure, you may pay a couple percentage points here and there, mm-hmm. but you're going to actually have the guarantee that your order will go through. 
I mean, certainly, like you know, their their business model is built on they they can handle like they can handle taking a a few hundred dollars in 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 a hit when there's a you know a price spike, but bad right. press is bad press is, is is brutal for a business. So it's if you're paying a couple hundred dollars for you know to avoid bad press or you know to have no press, just just as good. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like it seems like a fair trade off. Yeah, exactly. You can, spend, you can spend a lot more on resources doing damage damage control if the opposite happens. You know what I mean? Right. That which is kind of what happened with the whole TSG channel fireball thing. It kind of blew up in their face. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't follow that guy. You know, TSG at all. I don't really follow that. But um, from I I did hear like from a few different podcasts, people were talking about it, and it kind of seemed like the whole thing was sort of shady and. And it seemed like Channel Fireball was kind of at fault in the end for kind of going out of their way of screwing this guy after the fact, but I don't know. Right. I mean, the, what I kind of took away from it is that he was brought in by the police. The police did a full mm-hmm. investigation, and the, the police found no wrong, wrongdoing. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. And and then for Channel Fireball to kind of blackball him after the fact, like, like yeah, a they, while they after kicked the him fact, off heavy right, immediately. Just just recently, he got kicked off of Heavy Meta, which right. is definitely not in Channel Fireball's favor, <laughs> uh, reputation-wise, that they're right. still so nervous about this guy that they're keeping him off the airwaves. You know, they're strong-arming him, so he, he, they're trying to make people forget about him. Yeah, it just seems like a pretty petty move for a company that's supposed, that's supposed to have this pretty big re- reputation. And, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, one person, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know. It seems silly to have, if one person, and I'm not, saying anyone did anything, because I don't know the whole story, but if one person steals from you, for you to blackball them, it seems like you're going out of your way to be pretty petty about things, you know? I just gotta say, this feels like an awkward conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Would you rather talk about where babies come from? I would would actually rather talk about where playmats come from. Oh, they come from a mysterious factory in the sky. When... <laughs> when a mommy art and a daddy playmat love each other very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay, that's why I've seen people playing with three playmats stacked on top of each other. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you get a four. It's like a sick orgy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where do playmats come from? I don't know. I've never well, they come from tournaments. They come from artists. No, I actually recommend Noah Bradley. If you're in the market for a sweet playmat, Noah Bradley's website has some of the best, most awesome, epic arts I've ever seen. So they, they also play- they also come from top eighting. Mm-hmm, they come so, from top eighting. So yep. playmats don't they don't come from podcasts? Oh yes. Why in <laughs> fact playmats also come from podcasts? Yes, they can. <laughs> It's true. Oh, um, uh, let's I, see. All right. <laughs> I think what Adrian's getting at here is uh, some time has passed. You know, kind of Pat's joined the cast, so to welcome his arrival, we decide <laughs> we think we might want to do another listener appreciation episode and uh, kind of throw another contest. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Adrian, you were uh, kicking around an idea the other day. You want to share with the listeners uh, what you want to do? Yeah. So we were talking about it anyway. And old Pat wants to give out a playmat, and uh, you have a polar punch playmat from SCG, right? Yeah, SCG Worcester. Yep. Okay. And I, I also have a polar punch playmat too that uh, that I could throw in. You know, we talked to a couple people. They liked the idea and uh, encouraged it. 
in going through my collection and looking at cards I want to have sell and stuff, I have like a box of commons and uncommons that I'm going to end up just like, I don't know, what do, what do they do, like three bucks a thousand or something? Yeah, the store around me does five dollars for a thousand. Okay, so five dollars for a thousand, so yep. I probably get like five, ten bucks that, you know, out of the cards that I'm selling, the commons really, they're not the attraction in my collection, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. And, and so they're like extra things that I'm going to want to get rid of anyway, that I don't need, that I don't want, and I started thinking about doing like charity stuff. What I'd like to try to do is collect as many commons and uncommons and uh, trade them in and take that money and give it to charity. So mm-hmm. that like half would go to MTG Cast, and then the other half would go to... Personally, I like the idea of the Wounded Warrior Project. Yeah, and if I can if I can interject here real quick. Of course you can. You, you said you talked to a few listeners who like the idea, and I, I think that you're underselling that. They seem to be really into it. They seem mm-hmm. to be all for it. So I think that I think that there's going to be a lot of support for it. And the other thing, too, is that if you guys don't know what the Polar Punch Playmat is, Adrian will be happy to put a picture in the show notes. Oh, thanks, Jerry. <laughs> hey, that was... Whoa, whoa, that wasn't me. No, 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 so, don't so me. Jerry, me and Pat, me and me and Pat were editing the cast together last week, and uh, there's a point where like you say, "Oh yeah, we'll just put the link in the show notes," and I'm like, "Jerry, have you ever read the show notes?" You're like, "No, I don't read that." I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, "You're not exactly sure what it takes to put a link in the show notes," but Pat saw, like, it's it's not a, uh, it's not impossible. It just takes a while to try to figure out what the hell you're doing. Yeah. Well, like, you know, if they just send me, like, if somebody opens a, like, Jerry opened a pack of Modern Masters and yep. gets shitty rares, but if he keeps the rares and just wants to throw the fucking rest in, in the trash, stick them in an envelope on a stamp and mail them. You might as well get an entry and fucking see what happens anyway, yep. right? Because either way, all the commons and uncommons are going to end up going to some charity one, one way or the other. Or, yep. I don't even know if I can actually class MTG Cast as a charity, but they're definitely a volunteer-based organization that yep. could use some the- support. I don't think you're going to get the tax return if you make a donation to MTGCast, but there are good people, good people to help out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not actually, I'm not actually looking for a tax return. One thing I was actually thinking about. I was about joking, is, but yeah. <laughs> well, one thing I was actually thinking about is if a store wanted to offer more to buy list commons and uncommons under this condition, they, they could actually have a tax return slip and we could actually promote them. Yeah. You know, provided, provided that they're local, because I don't really want to be driving commons and uncommons to Philadelphia. And, and of course, you can always, you know, um, one of the guys had mentioned it too. That they, is it okay if they give it to me in person? I'm like, absolutely, that's that's fine. I could just take it down on a list. But like, one of the other things I was thinking about, even though it's going to be too late for that, is like, if I'm a GP Providence and guys want to come up with commons and uncommons, I could deal with that too and just take names and stuff. And but it, you know, for one, I don't actually think anybody listens to this. <laughs> but like, <laughs> plenty um, of people listen to it, Adrian. In fact, but, I'm so confident in your project. I am actually going to up the ante. I'm going to throw a little more skin on the line. I also think I'm going to donate a Dark Confidant playmat from GP Boston. Oh, all right. So, um, all right. Well, then, I don't. Well, let, let me see. Okay, so what I actually have around that I can actually throw in with this too. I, I'll throw in a. I can throw in a Dark Confidant playmat. I can throw in um, a the SCG Polar Punch playmat. And you know what? I actually also have from GP New Jersey the brainstorm playmat, the deck box, and the sleeves. Oh, one up in to the next level. So, so, I, so I, I could put that whole package in too. So you know what I have that I could put in there? What do you got? I have two of the uh, GP DC playmats that I will throw in there from the Legacy. Uh, Oh, that's the that's, uh, the, yeah, the, Angel, Angel. that's the, the Angel of Jubilation. That's right. Yeah, I, I have two of those. I will put in the prize pool. 
So let's. Oh. All right. Let's set uh, some numbers. Let's set some goals. So this actually, uh, this actually really doesn't seem too bad for commons and uncommons. Yeah, this no, is a pretty juicy prize pool. Especially a bunch of shit just going to charity. That's cool. It's a win. Yeah. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. A win-win-win. It's a win-win-win-win. Well, so the polar punch playmats. We're gonna give away regardless, right? Yeah. So we got yeah. three. Each have a three polar punch. Yeah, three of the Polar Punch playmats. So yeah, those you, will just be given away random. Cards, if you send us an envelope of some commons and uncommons that are kicking around your house, that are taking up space, your girlfriend or your boyfriend is bugging you to get rid of your shit, send us or some commons and uncommons, get entered to win an, a sweet Polar Punch playmat. Uh, if we hit $100, I'm going to throw in my two GPDC playmats. So now that's five playmats. You can win one of five playmats. Uh, if we hit $100 that we're raising here, if we hit $200, what do you guys think about the Dark Confidant playmats? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Dark Confidant at 200 So yeah. now that, that's two Dark Confidant playmats at $200. So now you're looking at five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight, nine playmats at $200. And what's the big, what's the big number for the brainstorm package, Adrian? Yeah, let's say 300 Let's say 300 for the brainstorm package. If you guys have a bunch of, Commons and uncommons, you have kicking around your house, you want to get rid of them, you got boxes all over the place, send them to us, give them to us, and uh, we're going to send them off to a good place, a good home, and uh, let's raise some money, and let's give out some prizes, man. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into yeah, it. Yeah, this actually sounds cool. And, and um, if, yeah, if anybody wants to mail anything, you can probably just start with, like, I got a, there's a P.O. box that I opened up to that's, um, so yeah, if anybody we, wants to We have to a send, P.O. box? Yeah. You have a legacy P.O. box? Oh my god. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's a P.O. box that things can be mailed to. So if anybody wants to mail in comments and uncommons, I don't care if, like, like, Jerry opened a pack of Modern Masters, got junky rares. Yeah, I've been throwing pack, commons and uncommons all over that's entertainment that I feel Okay, <laughs> some people, well, some, the thing is, is like, some people throw them in the trash. I don't throw them in the trash. Like, I just like leave them as Easter eggs for kids. I don't. Some people will throw them in the trash, or even like you know, um, what Grand Prix Providence, right? There's going to be fucking. There'll be all side event drafts all the time at these Grand Prix. Even Grand Prix Charlotte. How many drafts do you think people just fucking left commons and uncommons all over the place? Yeah. You know, take them, stick them in an envelope, donate them to charity, yep. and maybe win a play mat. Yeah. That's kind of. I think that's uh, that's that actually helps the judges clean up after the event too. Think about <laughs> I'll, I'll, and I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If we hit three hundred dollars, I'll have a special prize. If we reach the next level, let's set the next level of five hundred dollars. I'm not going to say what it is. No one wants I have, a some, I, have, I have something. <laughs> I have something I'll give away. If we hit three hundred dollars, I have something I'll give away out of my personal collection. On um, top of the brainstorm collection. On top of the brainstorm collection will be the next level of prize, um, and we'll give that away if, if we hit five hundred dollars. How's that sound? We yeah, get three hundred dollars. I'll let you guys know what it is. A PO box, anyway. For just um, for whatever reason, you can mail it to uh, PO Box Forty One, Oxford, Massachusetts zero one five four zero. Ah, so close to PO Box Forty Two. The meaning of life. <laughs> ah, and and you can you can hit up me at Mathematrixer on Twitter, Adrian, or you can hit Jerry at. J M E E three R D on Twitter, or you can hit Pat at Pat E U G L O W yep. on Twitter, or find us on the Facebook group. Yep. Or, uh, uh, or leave a com- or leave a comment on MTG Cast if you can't if you're having a hard time trying to figure out where else to find us because yep. I'll 
I catch those anyway. And uh, let's be like an infomercial and say that P.O. Box five times for people who are like me <laughs> and drive to work listening to the podcast. P.O. Box 41, Oxford, Massachusetts, 01540. Give it to me one more time. P.O. Box 41, Oxford, Massachusetts, 01540. Can I get a hallelujah? <laughs> no. That'll be P.O. Box 41 in Oxford, Mass, 01540. And, no, we're not going to put that in the show notes, Jim. <laughs> yeah, just throw that in the show notes. Not, <laughs> not even in plain text. Not even in plain text. Oh, I don't know if I told you this, Jerry. I talked to uh, Eric again today. He sent me an email just before we started, Eric from Puka Trade, and he's down to cast with us next week at 8. Okay, so, cool. Um, oh, I think this is, oh shit, episode 36. Who's going into top eight, Jerry? I know we started early with the scoop. I, yeah, I started early, so number one, Justicio. Uh, welcome back, buddy. Definitely missed you. Good to have you back. Also, scoop in because he came in fifth for about the 30th time in a row at Thatsy. He came in fifth on Breakers, missing out on top four. So, oh. the perpetual, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in relation to that, uh, scooping in Ara. Congrats, buddy, for, uh, coming in top four for your first time ever. Hopefully it's, uh, one of many times in the future. With Zombardment. With Zombardment, of all things. <laughs> and he's actually putting together Punishing Jund right now, so that's going to be pretty awesome to play against. And uh, says you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that deck's awesome. I, I may borrow that at some time, because that deck's awesome. Oh, that's like Chinese Water Torture. Uh, Any deck that yeah. kills me one point at a time. Oh, uh, yeah. Drives me nuts. <laughs> that's what I like. Uh, oh, and also Scoopin' Kyle, because we had a pretty epic match. And anti scooping to Pat, because he's a dirty, dirty cheater who tries to cast uh, <laughs> Lightning in combat step. <laughs> oh, you didn't. Well, well, Jerry, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's yeah, that's true. <laughs> Did you Thanks, Tom. Game with Le- <laughs> <laughs> you watch what you say about Tom Brady. Ah, uh, yeah, I was I was playing against Pat, and his deck looked pretty deflated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he did it. <laughs> hey, not all of us can run 62-card decks, okay? Yeah. Well, you can. You just can't win like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, yeah. Who else has got someone they want to scoop in? Uh, so well, you stole one of mine. I wanted to scoop in Kyle as well. He was super nice to me at TE. Uh, he came right up to me, said he loved the cast. He said that he liked uh, hearing me on it. He was a nice guy. We got to talk for a while, so... Definitely wanted to scoop him in. Um, and I want to scoop in Delver of Secrets because that card is really fun. And uh, I like playing I like playing that deck. So I think that's all I have this week. So two members of the cast want to ban Delver of Secrets and one member of the cast wants to scoop it into top eight. I want to scoop, <laughs> want to scoop right in. Delver doesn't need to be scooped into top eight. It finds its way there anyways. I'm hoping so. I'm trying to ride that train, man. <laughs> what about you, Adrian? Who you got? Who, oh, you know what? I, I'm going to mention this on the cast. Even uh, I, I, I caught a post that I had to share on the Leaving a Legacy page. Um, I noticed uh, Bob Huang had it on his page. So we were talking about deck safety, you know, things to do. For, oh, yeah, sorry, Chris. <laughs> that just reminded me. We keep putting off Chris Chichi's uh, suggestion to talk about... Uh, tournament practice rules. But sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> Go on, Adrian. <laughs> All right. So um, so I wanted to – I ended up sharing the thread over on the Facebook group uh, and tagging Chris Cheehy in it because you know, we were talking about that. 
And there was there's an article there if you want to check it out. Uh, but I wanted to scoop into Top 8 Bob Huang for sharing that article on Revenge of the Nerds and the Magic the Gathering thief caught in an elaborate trap. That was awesome. Um, that was awesome. Yeah, that was actually pretty cool. So I figured I'd, I wanted to mention Bob Huang and uh, scoop him into Top 8. Scoop into Top 8. Uh, again, yeah, I guess all three scoop into Top 8, Kyle and uh, and, and Ara. And uh, it was cool being able to go grab some subs with you guys afterwards, too. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, scooping into Top 8, Aaron. Um, he actually had me surprised, too. So Aaron, you know, he was playing 12 post, and I walked over at one point, and I saw him with, like, blue. And, like, the thing with Aaron is he doesn't play blue. Like, he'll play any deck in Legacy that's not blue. Death and Taxes, Pox, 12 Post, whatever it is. Astral uh, Slide. <laughs> Astral Slide, yeah. And, and when I say 12 Post, it's green, white, 12 Post. There's no show and tells. Um, but I saw him with, like, blue on the table, and I was trying to figure out what he was doing. He must be playing Storm and Modern. So, like, a, a scoop at the top eight to Aaron for breaking out of his color identity. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's always nice to stretch your legs and try something different. Um, stretch your wings and fly, Aaron. Embrace the blue. <laughs> I want to I wanna scoop up... I wanna, not that he's ever going to hear this, but I'm going to scoop in the uh, my round one opponent to cast a proxy, Jace. <laughs> I mean, it, it felt awkward, but... I. It's 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 when you put your deck together and it's got like ultimate price and it's got bioblade and it's got the things that you have that you were able to put together and you walk in a room full of like miracles and fucking tests and all these intimidating decks. You know the deck you're playing against is intimidating. Hopefully your opponent's not. Otherwise, yep. otherwise it's hard to return. Yeah. You know? He stayed five rounds too, man. So props to him for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What else? I guess that's all I can think of at the moment. I mean, I know there's uh, scooping into top eight heavy meta, heavy meta midget. Go check out the MTG Fight Club on uh, MTGO on oh, Tuesday yeah. nights. I gotta remember Dude. to do that tomorrow. Was it eight o'clock, Jerry? Eight o'clock. Yep. All right. MTGO and, uh, Fight Club. And Jerry, what's your MTGO identity? Uh, it is G M E E number three R D. Wow, and th- it's the same. Th- did, did your opponent that day even reckon, like realize when nope. he was telling you about the town? No, not at all. That's nope. awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Nothing says this guy's like full uniform. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. My MTG handle is the same as my Twitter handle, except instead of a J, it's a G because oh, Gerald no. is with a G and Jerry is with a J because I gotta avoid the man, stay off the grid. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, check out MTG Fight Club and. uh Look for Jerry over there. Um, well, I don't know any other scoops in the top eight. I don't know scoop in the top eight. Anybody I run into down in Providence? Oh, oh, you know what? Scooping into top eight, my buddy Flip. Like I had to chase this fucking guy down. <laughs> it's so funny. So Jerry, you let me use uh, your Tarmogoys for SCG Worcester. Yeah. And uh, he gave me a couple of Tarmogoys to use, but I didn't, they weren't four. But then you let me borrow four. Mm-hmm. So I kept his two, um, and like played. I was gonna loan him Merfolk, but he didn't end up playing. So I've had his two Tarmogoyfs since SCG Worcester, yeah. and it's been driving me nuts. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I, every, I can never get him on the phone. I try to call him. I get his voicemail. The mailbox is full. Uh, I try to send him a text. He's busy. He's always, cause he's always like every weekend he's off with uh, TJ's doing something somewhere, and 
like now he's he's got his girlfriend it's like he's busy i had to chase him down knock on his window wake him up and get him to his door to give him his tarmacoise back <laughs> i'm like chasing him down and, he, and he's and he's like yeah i wasn't worried about him I'm like yeah i know you weren't worried about him because you knew i was going to chase you down to your house to give him back to you <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah scoop him in the top eight because he's an awesome guy um and scooping in the top eight james keenan because uh He's a fucking, he's a sick fool too. He's, he's a good guy. Anyway, that's a lot of scooping top eights. That's a lot so, of sco- that's scooping a top 16. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> aside from all of that, uh, yeah, hit us up with any feedback and, uh, ma- mail in some commons and uncommons if you want. Some yeah. formats. Yeah, and, remember, uh, send, send those cards to P.O. Box 41, Oxford, Mass, 01540. <laughs> yeah, you just send them to Leaving a Legacy, P.O. Box 41, Oxford, Mass, if we get, 01540. If we get $10,000 worth of commons and uncommons, I'm going to buy a forklift to bring them down to the store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's going to take a box truck that fucking yeah. much, man. We're going to need a bigger P.O. Box. Yes. <laughs> well, Absolutely, you know. man. And wouldn't it be, like, that would be so... I don't want to get all fucking nostalgic, but that would be a really cool fucking thing for like the legacy, a legacy community to say, to be able to fucking do. Absolutely, this is the real leaving a legacy. Oh shit! But <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, put it put it out on social media, guys. Too, you know, if you have friends who play who might not listen to the cast, I can't imagine that they're out there because we know we have so many listeners. Make sure you're getting it out there. Tell the guy, you know, tell the guys you play with that we're we're collecting cards and. Giving it to a good cause, and you got a chance to win some sweet swag. Yeah, if you're at your uh, your F and M draft, and you just see people just leaving a bunch of stuff, just scoop them all together, send them to us, and we'll make sure they get to a good home. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's that. There's like you know draft leavings, um, like all that stuff could actually just hit a charity. It, yeah. I mean, it, it what what's it cost like fit like forty two cents or something a stamp, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you're willing to fucking put 42 cents on an envelope, I'm willing to mail you a fucking playmat back if we're able to. Yep, absolutely. So, cool. Sweet. Man, well, that's fucking... I don't even know how to, like, end that. Like, I think Jerry just said, and he's like, and that's leaving a legacy. <laughs> shit, I could just fade it out right there. <laughs> anyway, uh, so ho- so hopefully uh, this actually comes out at the timely Monday, and uh, you guys all have a good week. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.